Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a conversation with Lauren White. Lauren is a return guest to the podcast and I'm so excited to share this chat with you. So much so that I have completely fast tracked it. I have a whole schedule of podcasts ready to go live, but this conversation just in particular felt so important and I feel a real pull to get it out there ASAP. And so I'm just following that impulse to make it live sooner than we'd first planned. I really, really hope you enjoy this conversation with Lauren White. We cover a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So you might even need to listen to it twice. We speak about the paradox of feeling lonely even when you're not technically alone. Also, we touch on bathroom stall moments in life which I think a lot of you, even just hearing the words bathroom stall moments, will know. You'll know what they mean. And if you don't listen in, you're going to find out. We cover so much. We talk about values. I share with you some of the things that I've struggled with personally, things that I've not spoken about anywhere online. So I don't know. I just felt like I could in this conversation. Lauren has that gift of holding space for women in a really, really safe way. Now, before we get stuck into this conversation, a quick minute to let you know this podcast episode is brought to you by our friends over at Nutra Organics. Nutra Organics are amazing. I swear by them. I've been using their supplements and products for years, and I've shared this story before, but I first came across Nutra Organics when one of my little boys was in hospital with glandular fever and tonsillitis, and another mum in the ward said to me, you need to get your son onto thriving powder. If he's not eating a lot, if he's not getting much protein, not getting, you know, everything that he could from a balanced diet, which a lot of kids, they're not super balanced when it comes to eating, um, try the thriving powder. And I was really resistant at first because I've tried, I had tried all sorts of different things, but I ended up buying a little travel sachet, like a one serve of thriving powder. And it was the first 
protein powder I'd ever been able to get the boys to willingly consume. And so began what we used to refer to as the good behavior smoothies. And it made such a difference in their life. So the vanilla thriving powder is what I used for the boys when they were really little. Shouldn't say really little, but they were probably from maybe four and a half upwards. And the other product that I wanted to touch on is the collagen build because I burn through this product. I use so much of it. I use it every single day and I swear by it. And when I stop using it, I really feel a difference. I feel a difference in my energy, which I think probably stems from the fact that the collagen build is really, really high in protein and it's easy to consume. But I also feel like I notice a difference in my skin as well. So collagen build is a powder. It is unflavored and it dissolves so easily. You can jump over to my Instagram feed and I've uploaded a post in the past. It's not too far down. It's a reels one where I show you how easily it stirs into coffee, tea, anything like that. That's what I also use now for the boys because they all of a sudden decided about a year ago that they don't love things that are too much, like they have too much of a strong flavor. So collagen build works really well because I pop it in their morning smoothie and they are none the wiser for it. So collagen build, as I said, brilliant for skin. It's also great for gut health. Um, The protein is one of the big ones for me because I tend to, if I don't get my collagen build in, I'm not hitting the protein target that I have loosely kind of set for myself. So definitely check out the Nutra Organics range. They have so many great things from those powders that I mentioned to amazing snack bars, superfood lattes, superfood powders, green powders, all of the health things, they've got them. And so I do have a code to share with you today. And that code is Kylie podcast, and you will receive 15% off across the Nutra Organics range. So if you just Google Nutra Organics, N-U-T-R-A Organics, you will find them. And that code is Kylie podcast for 15% off. Now let's get stuck into this big conversation with a wonderful, wonderful woman. And let me know what you think of it. As you listen to this podcast, if you find yourself nodding along, if you find yourself enjoying it, connecting with any part of it, please take a screenshot of it and post it to your stories and tag me at Kylie Camps. And you can also tag Lauren as well, which is at Lauren White AU. Now, if you have not listened to the last episode I recorded with Lauren, definitely, definitely scroll back and tune in. But allow me quickly to reintroduce you to Lauren White if you're not familiar with her. Lauren is a personal mentor and confidant for accomplished leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs around the world who want their personal life to feel as satisfying and rich as their work life feels. And during today's conversation, Lauren unpacks for you exactly what that looks like. She shares with you the ways that she shows up and serves women in this world and why it's so important for her to do so. So let's get stuck into this conversation and explore the secrets that women keep. Lauren, thank you so much for agreeing to come back onto the podcast. 
<laughs> it was very easy to say yes, I assure you. <laughs> had, had to twist both arms. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like a slight twist of like a pinky finger. It was like, will you come? I will definitely come back on. <laughs> oh, our conversation last time, I just so enjoyed, and I had so much positive feedback about all of the topics that we spoke about. And so when I was thinking, okay, I would love to chat to you again. I put it out there and I said to you, Lauren, what do we talk about this time? And you did not miss a beat. You were like, mm-hmm. boom, I know exactly mm-hmm. what I want to speak about. And I love that. And so you suggested talking about the loneliness that successful women can feel and also the secrets that women keep. And as soon as I read your notes on that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, because I feel like this is my life right now, Lauren. I've got like one foot in trying to hold on to things that I used to used to feel important to me. And then the other foot is on the other side and it's like, I'm doing like, a, I've got like my left hand way out and my right hand way out the other side. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm straddling this line of like, okay, I was so contained and so thought that creating this, you know, not facade, but just like, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain it. But on one side, I'm trying to break up with that. And on the other side, I'm scared. Yeah. So I think that women are going through this. So talk to me. Talk to me about breaking up with the idea of perfection. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I just want to normalize how alluring perfectionism is. Like, let's let's be completely honest. It is... It is so alluring because it holds these promises of when this thing happens, then I'm going to feel this way or then I'm going to receive this thing that I'm yearning to receive. So it's got, it's got so much allure and it keeps us in its grip by like feeding us little pieces of it. It's like, oh, you're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. Well, well, there's like, there's the push and the pull when it comes to perfectionism, because there's the pull towards something that you've been told, or you've kind of been, I guess, groomed to believe that you need to obtain. So there's that pull towards the perfection. And then there's the push away from like the yucky parts of yourself. Like, I don't want to be that person. So I'm going to be pulled and pushed towards this thing that's unattainable yeah you've hit the nail on the head yeah it's uh what we do is we close down we suppress we bury down the parts of ourselves that feel yucky as you put it that can create disgust or feel like they're completely at odds with some of the conditioning that we've been on the receiving end of and by conditioning yeah I was just gonna say just the parts of us that we don't welcome and we don't love Yeah, that's it. The parts that we feel like are incompatible with the facade of perfectionism. So it might be um, the part of us that's messy. It might be the part of us that's disorganized. It might be the secret shames that we hold on to about how we manage certain aspects of our life that we think that we should have completely together. Because when we look out there, all we can see is that everyone else has been let on in this secret. And for some reason, we haven't been let in on the secret. And we're the only ones struggling with those messy parts of ourselves. But But perhaps if we act like we've been let in on the secret yeah you know we can trick ourselves into believing it yes yes so and that's an excellent point because 
we end up becoming, interestingly enough, further disconnected from ourselves and further further away from what I like to think perfectionism is, which is pretty a pretty holistic thing that encompasses all of us. Like nothing truly is perfect or flawless, but if I were to think of something perfect, it would have multiple parts all moving together. It wouldn't just be this one cardboard cutout idea because to me that cardboard cutout idea feels hollow or it feels empty or it feels like intangible I can't really touch it I can't really access it I can't feel it that's the most important Mm -hmm. piece I can't feel it so yeah we end up getting caught in all of these loops and of like pretending and putting masks on and trying to keep up with other people and I feel like we really really miss the point we create this monster we create this monster that we need to keep feeding and it gets to this point where our soul's crying out for something else for something that feels real for something that feels aligned and our mind can step in and go wait a minute you've come this far you can't admit defeat you can't just switch gears now like mm-hmm. you're almost there you're almost there you're almost there and our soul's telling a completely different story and it's yeah it's jarring it's kind of that's jarring and isolating that, that resistance that pushback of like you know that something great is on the other side if you can get through it but that resistance it just feels awful when you're coming up against that. Mm. Yeah. And I really I really love what you said about wearing the masks. And I think that's something that I've been really trying to unpack in the last 18 months. It's like, okay, and I haven't used the term masks, but kind of hats, I guess, that you know, like I or containers. I had myself so firmly in the wife container I had myself so firmly in the really good mum container and you know all these different little things these different things that I would I guess say make up my identity and then when they're removed it's like holy shit what's left and who do I want to be and how do I rebuild really with the parts that feel most authentic and aligned to me yeah yeah and are you um do you are you able to share like was there anything there that you touched on or you learned through the last 18 months that really helped you with that I think that it's been having like the breakdown to get to the breakthrough so really allowing myself to go low and unpack what I need to unpack and process and then trying to work out really restoring my values has been the most important thing what are my actual values because I do think in the last couple of years some of my values were swayed in different ways and I do think there is that element to trying not trying to but just I guess falling falling into the habit of that push and pull towards creating something fantastic and then actually getting there and going holy shit that's actually not what it's about and, you know, I guess I'm, I'm mindful of how much I share here because there's, you know, more people in my story than just me. But I think one of the biggest things I realized, Lauren, was I found myself in a situation where it was always like once 
we achieve the next thing, that's when we'll start living. Yeah. And I just realized I can't yeah. do that. Like that's, oh. I, can't, I can't live that way. Like I can't, yeah. I can't be like, oh my gosh, once we tick this off, once we tick that off, then we'll start living and then we'll do this and then we'll do that. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is the living. Like right now is the living. It's not like getting through our, you know, getting through the kid having the tonsils out. It's not getting through this. It's not getting through that. Like this is it. That's the thick of it. And so I think that's been really helpful to me is to just surrender to where I'm at right now. Current moment is only moment. And what do I need in this moment? to really live has been a big one for me yeah that's incredibly powerful and that that really resonates for me I think at some point when I really think it was the birth of my second daughter where I some sort of wild survival mode kicked in um around raising two because they were born quite close together raising two very small girls and trying to build a business at the same time and I feel like until some point this year I was in a form of I was hovering between low to medium grade survival anxiety survival mode all the time and it was my mind was so on the path of when this happens then when this happens then when exactly what let's you just said. get through this let's just get through this when this happens that's when we'll feel like we're living when this happens that's when we'll feel like we can rest when this happens that's when I'll feel like I can breathe again and you're you you know you're absolutely right it's just this is the living this is even if you're in survival mode you're still in you're still in living and to only be with yourself in that moment and what you said about your values just was like that really like that really landed in for me because I thought yeah it's safe to change your values it's safe to re-evaluate your values just because you had them in a certain chapter of your life doesn't mean that they're coming with you in this chapter of your life and that will then help you to realign your goals as well and you don't need to have life breakdown to reassess your values Um, you know for me that was definitely a convenient catalyst that allowed me to just crack apart and be like holy fuck what am I doing who do I want to be and I'm still working it out Lauren like I was saying last night I was in conversation last night and I was saying you know just I have to continually check in with myself even with what I'm sharing on Instagram it's like okay why am I sharing this? Is this like for my ego? And there's definitely been over the years things that I've shared purely for my own ego and it's unpacking that and it's uncomfortable. It's Mm. really uncomfortable to admit it. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, even reading through your notes, one of the things that you mentioned was vulnerability is so important when it comes to, I guess, moving away from that perfection mode. And when you are vulnerable, you know, we can have conversations like this and it it allows you to be much more of a realistic role model. Yes, yeah, most definitely. And all it takes for me to step into that is to think of the women that are looking towards me, to think of the 
my daughters that are looking towards me and to be, well, do I want them to look back and say, mum had a closed jaw and she put on a brave face and she never showed exactly what she was feeling. She kept her cards close to her chest and she pushed through and she burnt out and she, like, do I want them to say that Mm. or do I want them to look back and go, mum showed us the moments where crying was actually the strongest thing that you could do or to say hey I really need some help or to be open to receiving things from other people and like and not just push through and grit your teeth and try and be a wonder woman I just I just think about all the conditioning I'm trying to untangle and all of the stories and God, those Mm. stories are fucking strong um, and persistent. They are so persistent. I'm just thinking about, oh, I'm trying to unravel and, well, do I want to show women to stick to that story, that very old ingrained story, or do I want to show them another way, another way that actually has you feeling so much more comfortable in your own skin, so much more at peace about your work and your passion and your you know your your drive and and your lifestyle do I want to show them another way or do I want to show them the old way and I just think there are enough people showing them the old way let's show them like it's my role to show them the new way yeah absolutely and I was just writing down a little note then when you were speaking because you mentioned closed jaw and as soon as you said that I was like oh my gosh I've been so aware of that the last six months I catch myself and I'm like soften soften often soften Soften often because you do like when you're in mum mode and you know for those listeners who don't have kids it could be when you're in work mode or when you're Mm -hmm. stressed or whatever it is just notice like are you clenching your jaw are you holding your body tight and get into the habit of reminding yourself even if you have to set a reminder on your phone every hour that says soften often perhaps it's setting a alarm that is a song that really soothes you or whatever it is but just to like I remember you you use the word decompress Mm. and it's like oh just that is powerful (laughs) (laughs) let's all do it together yeah let's all do it together (laughs) collectively I love it. (laughs) What you were saying about the reflection of your children, how they would describe you. I've done this twice now in the last couple of years, Lauren, where I've sat down and I've written my own eulogy, what I would hope people would say about me. And fuck me, I do not want anyone to stand up at my funeral and say, well, Kylie had a really strong following on Instagram and (laughs) she looks great in her matching Calvins. Like I don't want people to say that about me. That's not important. And that has been such a shift as well and such a a catalyst in actually refining what my values are. Because if I wouldn't want people to say that about me, you know, what would I want them to say? What are my values? And that has been really, really helpful because I think it's all well and good to say, hey, redefine your values. But that can be such a big task to unpack. Mm. So if you break it down and think, okay, if I was to leave this earth, what would I want the people in my life to remember me for? Those, that can be a really great start to looking at what your values could be. Yeah. Yeah, so powerful and so succinct, right? A eulogy doesn't go on, it doesn't have to be biblical length proportions. It's succinct. It's really succinct. So it makes you come down to 
what really matters and what you really hope you reflect to people throughout your life. I love that. I really love that. Wonderful. And it's confronting, but it's mm. valuable. Mm. Now, the other thing that you mentioned was about encouraging women to feel really good in their own skin. And something I've been unpacking as well, and again, I don't want to turn this into a therapy session, but we're here. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have always felt that I've been conditioned to put so much value on how I look. From a young girl, one of my earliest memories is surrounding my appearance, and then it was always, always peppered through, in my opinion, peppered through my childhood to be so important and to be a really unique skill set to me in the family like this was your role and so unpacking that as an adult I've really realized you know the problem isn't how I look or what my body's like the problem is just that belief surrounding how I think it should be so what I mean by that is I going through a separation I lost a stack of weight I got very very thin and I got praised online for getting that thin for sure. Mm. And then in the last 18 months, I've put on 10 kilos and now I'm well aware, like I am still in on the slim side of things. You know, I'm sat here now wearing a pair of size eight jeans. I know I'm still slim, but even just gaining 10 kilograms in a year and a half, when I do have a history with eating disorders, and I'm also trying to dissolve all of these beliefs surrounding how I look, I've really had to unpack that and go, you know what? The problem's not gaining weight. The problem is me thinking that gaining weight is a problem. So if I just remove that equation, it's fine. That's something that I have to remind myself. It's like dissolve dissolve the belief and then the problem's gone. The stress is gone. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. No, you are. Um, If I can share the way that I'm connecting to that, Um, on a personal note is in October last year I decided to not drink for a year so it was fascinating just not having the choice removed the problem and removed the conundrum and just Mm -hmm. going you know what I'm not going to partake in that I'm going to stay completely clear-headed and I'm going to see what life brings and then it took away the issue of well, what should I get at the bottle shop? I needed to go to the bottle shop and buying gifts of people changed the way that I bought gifts of people. And, um, yeah, and the way that I might have um, helped myself feel better the next day if I wasn't feeling, as I was feeling overtired from the night before. And so when you remove, when you remove the problem and you remove the belief around the problem, then you suddenly become liberated and you touch on empowerment and ownership again because mm-hmm. no, no one's telling you this is what this is a problem. You're going, actually, that's not a problem for me and you just move it to the side. Yes, and that's what it is because when you have that foundation of this is a problem, this is wrong, this is not how it should be, then that's when you stack all these things on top of it. You know, it's the stress, yeah. it's the worry, it's the how am I yes. going to change this? How am I going to control this? It, it's awful. But if you sort of just chip away at that bottom level, that foundation, you remove the scaffolding. I'm not saying it's a quick fix and it's easy all the time, but if you work on telling yourself the problem's not the weight gain or the problem's not the drinking. The problem is what's leading to that. So let's, you know, for you, it's putting in the system of saying, and I'm not saying that 
drinking was a problem for you but I'm just saying <laughs> we're using this example yeah yeah but, you know if you have that system in place of going no no I'm gonna not have to make any decisions occasion by occasion whether or not I'm going to drink it's just a blanket rule and yeah. the same thing again for me every day I'm having to remind myself sometimes multiple times a day hey Kylie it's not actually a problem that you've put on weight the problem is that you had a belief that that's a problem so just keep dissolving that belief and you'll be fine most definitely and like from what you're saying you've also disengaged from a collective belief out there as well like you've you've disengaged from this idea of what your body should or shouldn't be and how your body should or shouldn't be praised and what conditions are seen as admirable or desirable for a woman's body and what conditions aren't and you're just you've completely disentangled from that and stepped away and have just gone actually how do I feel about where I'm at what like what makes me feel good and Mm, and that is is so powerful and I will say full transparency and because we're having a conversation about encouraging women to be vulnerable I have not fully disentangled not by a long shot but I'm working on it and I'm aware that it's a value of mine that I really that feels important to me and again do I care if you know the boys aren't going to stand up at my funeral and say mum was a size six you know that's just not gonna it's not an important value to me anymore so whilst I definitely am a work in progress I feel like I'm on the right path Um, excellent speaking of paths let's talk about the path of loneliness because I know that that was one of the topics we were going to touch on because so many women are struggling with a sense of loneliness and then they're putting pressure on themselves to not feel it because it's this whole, oh, I shouldn't be lonely, particularly right now if you're trapped at home during isolation with kids, but you're feeling lonely even though you've got company. Mm. Mm. And that's the biggest trick that loneliness can play on us is or the old stories can play on us is, I've got people around me, therefore I shouldn't feel lonely. Or I'm in a relationship, therefore I shouldn't feel lonely. Like being in a relationship should quell all of that loneliness that I felt when I wasn't in a relationship. And it simply isn't true. And this year I think has really highlighted how uh, how systemic loneliness is. We've got, you know, we've been in, I think all of us have been in some form of conditions or some conditions this year that have really highlighted how um, it will turned up the volume on our loneliness as so something that we we're merely putting up with and now feels like a concern that we need to address. And you can see by the actions that people have taken this year and how they've shown what really matters to them and what they're willing to do and what they're willing to, how they're willing to stretch themselves in order to not feel this loneliness anymore. And it's been a massive year of personal growth, I think, for so many of us. Just going, actually, if these are the times and um, I'm going to come back to what I, what I really value and what really matters, I'm going to take a new course of action because you only live once. And... Um, for me, loneliness really, um, it's always, there's always been elements of it. I mean, I've got journals and journals of loneliness from, you know, late teens, early 20s, where it was just like, I'm all alone and no one will 
ever love me and all of that. And um, this year, some of some of that came back. The volume started to get turned up on it a little bit, and it really made me think about my dark nights of the soul. It really made me think about um, about the loneliness I felt. And I was like, but I'm in a great relationship, like, and I've got these great friends, and. I've got these other, you know, other great entrepreneurs I'm friends with. And it's like, but, but I still feel lonely. lonely. Um, and yeah, and it was full on, it was really full on. And I um, admittedly went down into the, you know, the scrolling of like, I've, I've been on, you know, I've been on social media so much this year, kind of looking for a hit, I think, to just mm. take that loneliness away. And what it ended up doing was put it actually put me into action mode. It hasn't all been fruitless scrolling. Um, in the end, I ended up, I made two big decisions this year. One was okay, I feel lonely, what can I do? How can I find other women that feel lonely too or feel like they don't belong? So that, that was another piece of the puzzle, not feeling like they belonged anywhere. So one thing I did was I started a secret society for women. I was like, right, let's all show up anonymously, except for me, they know it's me. <laughs> they know it's me in the group. We all show up anonymously on Zoom calls and in our private chat and let's just talk about what we're actually going through without feeling like we have to censor ourselves, without feeling like, oh, what will they think? Because I'm put in, you know, I'm this kind of health professional. What would they think if I really thought that about these things? And so I created that because I wanted to find some women who felt the same way and who were, um, who were thinking the same way as me. And that's been, that's been a wonderful way for me to explore um, and not feel so lonely, like just to explore what loneliness is and to not feel so lonely and to come together in a group with really, with those shared values. I think that's amazing to have created that secret society and so special to have a safe space for women to come where they don't have to be what they've been told they are yeah. or what they've made themselves out to be. You know, you can take the masks off, you can take the hats yes. off, all the analogy. Yes. Like, who would you be? if you were just yourself yes yes and that's that's all I wanted for secret society was just yeah who would you be and play with the play with your pseudonym play with being a different with the different archetypes within you play with the different personas within you you don't there are no rules and um I love the names that some of the you know that some of the women chose and we're a really cohesive um cohesive group now and um that we've been sharing in this way and you know like there are some wonderful Facebook groups out there there are some wonderful um wonderful spaces out there but I really feel like are you really going to go into that supposedly safe space and share these things about what you're no. feeling right? you're not you're not because it's not it's actually not a contain even if it's a private group it's still not 
a contained space. You don't know where any of that's going to go. So with Secret Society, I was like, right, we, we get on Signal, which is um, which has end-to-end encryption, um, and it's used like Defence Force members use it for its um, for how private and secure it is. Right, we get on Signal, we chat there, and on our group on our group calls, which we have on Zoom, they show up as their pseudonym, no cameras, no microphones. It's only me, and I don't record them because if I record them, then I up upload it to somewhere where I can't control it and I just went no Mm. we are keeping this so simple and it works it works because it's just it's just completely safe a safe space to fill with no with no um not no recording of it because we have a chat of course but no no risk no risk no I've tried to minimize that risk as much as possible because I think we all need to be candid about what we're really going through and sometimes one-to-one therapy is is the most appropriate place for that. What I love about groups of women, though, is how we learn from each other and how we grant each other permission and, yeah. And just that feeling of belonging. Yes. Like you said, it's that that loneliness of, like, where do I belong? Who do I belong to? How do I belong? So I think that having that anonymous group where you can just speak freely and go, oh, wow, other people have similar thoughts, similar feelings. It's it's proper connection. It's not the, um, you know, the sugar hit of connection that Instagram scrolling can sometimes be. Yes, yeah. And there's no... Um... Like in our uh, in our group, it's just so supportive. There's no, oh, babe, you'll be fine or anything. Like there's none of that. People like the women that are called in for it just genuinely show, just genuinely show up and support what another woman has shared. There's no like empty platitudes or anything like that. It's really, uh, it's really incredible. So, so yeah. So loneliness. One of the one of the one of the things that came through this year for me was to be in in groups with like-minded people who have a shared concern and where you're working towards a similar goal. So I created that as part of my work and because I knew I'd I'd get a a lot of pleasure and a lot of gratification out of it. And then I also made a decision recently to to choose to belong to a group as a mentor with um, a group of women who are at a similar point in their business. And that has, I've realised, oh, why haven't I felt so lonely in the last six weeks? And I was like, oh, because you've joined a group where you're connecting with other women about a shared a shared concern, but we're all we're not just we're not just we're not sitting there bitching about it. We're going, okay, how can I do better? What can I do next? Mm-hmm. What like what do you think about this? And I just I just think groups are incredibly powerful, and I regret not holding more groups um, and facilitating that more in my um, in my path. But now that it's now that it's there, that piece is there, it's like it's not going anywhere. It's like groups are just so incredibly um, important. Enriching. For, yeah, for enriching, great word, for enriching our lives and feeling connection and having ourselves reflected in other people so that we better ourselves and, and not just for the sake of and not for the sake of being perfect by any means but for finding deep satisfaction that's one of my words it's just like to feel satisfied and fulfilled and to enrich like you said enrich your life oh I love that and I think just as you said women not with the platitudes of you'll be fine babe you've got this tomorrow's Mm. a new day all that stuff which sometimes it serves a purpose but sometimes it just feels hollow yeah and I think that when someone 
whether it's you know a fr- a re- you know a friend in real life, a romantic partner, or an online space that's anonymous, someone that holds space for you and gives you attention and really receives what you're putting out there. I think it builds so much um, value or worth, perhaps is the mm-hmm. right word. And mm-hmm. then I think that that, and I could be wrong, but I feel like that would be a springboard then for allowing each individual to give themselves a bit more permission to have more self-worth. So it's all like all the cogs are connected, you know. If someone that you don't even know is going to care about you and hold a proper space for you to be you, it builds that value belief of, oh, I can do this a little more for myself. Yeah, yes, most definitely, most definitely. And what you... What I've really noticed about the group is that we all have our moments of going through similar stuff and sometimes it's eerie. It's a bit like women who live together cycle together. (laughs) It's a little bit similar. It's like we just go through through times where it's like we're all in this, like like we all have a similar concern and it's really eerie eerie that we're struggling up, up against the same thing and then we can all kind of liberate each other. But then in those moments where obviously one person is going through a particular concern and we feel like we're on the other side of it or, you know, we might have gone through it a long time ago, they can offer that really pertinent, relevant support to them um, that, um, yeah, that life experience has shown. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just, it's just, yeah, community. (laughs) Community is just such a big one. I don't know if you've read the book, um, The Body Keeps the Score. Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I believe community is a big pillar in moving through and processing trauma as well, isn't it? Yeah. Most, yes. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you call the bathroom stall moments. Oh, actually, before we do that, this group, just because I feel like women who are listening right now are going, but can we join the group? <laughs> can people join? <laughs> yes okay I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like that'll be the thing like I love this episode but you guys talked about this magical land that we can't get to yes you can join my application so I am looking I do look for women who are um, going to be in it for three months minimum so it just turns out that we started it in June and no one's left (laughs) which is absolutely incredible for a member absolutely incredible for a membership I think it says a lot about we're we're intimate we're small but I always and Carly you'll know this about me you'll know I'll always choose quality over quantity so that's why I do the application to just make sure you're not like can I have a peek in like no 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 we're just looking we we only we only want um women who can who feel like they can contribute and who are open to receiving so it's a two-way flow it's not just coming in there and receiving but it's not just um going in there and giving because I want you to I want you to kind of distill and untangle yourself a little bit from just being um a helper um or a server or a giver and to just mm. for this a safe space to receive what you need but yes yeah, yeah. Well, I, re- I recently heard, I think it was Brene Brown say that helping is just a form of trying to control other people sometimes. So oh, you've got to be a- Oh, that hits hard, doesn't it? Oh, doesn't it? I'm like, oh, fuck, it's so true. So I love that you really do go through your applicants and you're, you want to get people in there that are really going to benefit 
as well as enrich the community. So that's awesome. I will get the link from you and put that in the show notes if you're comfortable with that. Most definitely. Awesome. Now back to the bathroom stall moments. Mm, yes yes unpack that for me and I think you know what I think that as soon as I read bathroom stall moments I was like oh lord yes we've all had our bathroom stall moments where you just you close that door and you're like oh it's everything it's everything and um it's I think the the term bathroom stall moment is powerful because yeah, I, I think I think you can connect with it straight away. If you've had it, then you then you know. Like you just go bathroom stall moment. You go, yep, I've done. Yep, I've been there. I've mm-hmm. been in that moment. So um, earlier this year, um, beginning of this year, because we're out in a group, um, I was out in a, with a group of friends and um, and my husband, and the topic of conversation got onto something about, you know, about um, like home ownership and mortgages and money and all this sort of stuff. And and for some reason, it wasn't a triggering conversation at all, but something in my mind acted very quickly. And it went from, oh, these people are at this point in their, in their journey and I'm not, I'm at this point. And I immediately created this massive gap from where they are and where I am and created it created this story went down a spiral of they've got this thing I don't have this thing I'm a grown-up I'm an adult but right now I feel like I'm 20 years young like I'm at a point 20 years behind where like it was lots of I'm doing it wrong I'm doing it wrong I've done it wrong fuck why did I choose to be an entrepreneur rather than and take all these risks rather than like, you know, stay in my safe nursing job where it was guaranteed. Like, it just went into that. And it was like, so it was just, it was just a really spiraling. Um, yeah, it really, I spiraled quickly in my mind. Like, no one on the outside would have known. I was just going there. I went up and I went to the bathroom and I closed the bathroom drawers in and it was in a shopping center. And, but there was no one else in there. It was huge, but I was the only one in there. I closed the door and I just spiraled even more. The tears started coming out. I started, like, I was grieving. I was grieving for the security that I gave up for my dreams. And I started berating myself for, like, why did you have to go and follow your dreams? And, like, why did you, like, anyway, I was just. I was, Who do you think you are? Who do you All think that you stuff? are? Yeah. Why do you think that. Like, why did you think that it would just like turn out for you? like it was just it just went to one of those places, and I in that moment the way that I put it is I was simultaneously falling apart while trying to put myself back together again, and mm. I was just in there heating on the bathroom and I couldn't stop crying. I was like, stop crying! No, no, no! I need to cry. If I cry, the, the earlier I cry, the sooner I cry, the sooner I can get back to the table where people have no idea like what is taking so long. <laughs> me to go to the bathroom and I just I just let myself go there and I thought to myself oh my god if I'm going through this and it wouldn't have been my only bathroom store moment it was just a really prominent one a pivotal one because in that moment I said to myself if I'm sitting here going through this how many other women are trying to are trying to fall apart and pull themselves back together simultaneously and have no one to reach out to and I just went, this is where I need to be the other person on the on the receiving end of the SOS message from a woman. I need to be the one that 
is is on the other side of that bathroom stall moment to talk to talk them in through it because I had my phone with me but I didn't I didn't and this is well before secret society and this really motivated secret society but I didn't have a place to to put that to and turn to to turn to and I love the friends that we were with I love my husband but just being in a public space I didn't didn't want to sit there at this busy table going and I had went just went down a shame spiral it just didn't the context wasn't safe it wasn't an appropriate place to go space to go to that place of vulnerability and I'm all for that but I think we do need to be selective about context and environment and um yeah that was the moment where I went Okay, this is this is me being called to step up and to become to become a confidant for women in their dark nights of the soul and um, in their loneliness and in their sadness and in their I should look I sh- I look like I have everything together but I'm falling apart like where do in the bathroom stall <laughs> like um, and that was really powerful it was a really powerful moment and I'm immensely grateful for it at the time naturally it's like why am I going like why am I why like why is this happening I should have it all together like you say and I was telling myself I was safe and this really isn't big in the whole scheme of things but it actually happened to not just for me to release something that was pent up inside but to show me another pathway for not just not just my not just my work but my life like my work is um so foundational to my identity and um and serving in this way and I just went oh okay like when I moved out of it I was like oh thank you thank you I'm now so grateful now I can see well I interviewed um a woman by the name of Amy Jo Martin for the podcast I think it was this year or maybe it was last year and she's this phenomenal entrepreneur. She calls herself a renegade. She's over in the US. She's done all sorts of things with really big names. She's great. And one thing that Amy Jo said was she honestly believes if you're in the thick of a really low moment, I'm paraphrasing, but I can't remember exactly the quote, but she was basically saying when you're falling apart, when you're in the midst of something really hard, it's often being sent to you because you're going to have the ability to teach that. It's going to be a teachable moment for you that you can go out and help other people. And that really hit me because I just think it's so consuming when we're in our low moments and it just, Mm. you know, it becomes so self-centered. But when you think about it, it's like, oh, I am going through this and it's awful. But perhaps this challenge was created perfectly for me because Mm. it's going to allow me to become the teacher of this particular thing. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely. I really I really appreciate the way that she put that, and it really resonates. It's um, mm-hmm. I think um, so many of us can relate to those moments in life where we've been through a dark time or we've heavily questioned something and what what path we should take, and then it just so happens that one day you're sitting next to someone and they're in the same position or very similar position to you and you can show you can be a lighthouse and that is just a really poignant moment in life that um I, I cherish deeply sometimes I think year like the the months the weeks the the years even of let's just say going back to the survival mode I mentioned earlier 
I'm grateful to, to that because now I can sit there in one of those moments and all of it can count for something and it can make such a significant difference to someone else to say, hey, there's actually another way that you can go about this, a more empowering way so that you don't have to go through so much pain. Absolutely. And that paradox that you spoke about, that contrast of you're falling apart and it's like half of you again, like I said at the start of the podcast, you know, half of you is like, let yourself fall apart, spiral. Mm. Another half of you is like, no, 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 like, we've got this, we've got this. And I think so many women experience that push and pull. Mm. It's like, what, what part of myself do I listen to? So if you had a, you know, a woman reach out to you and say exactly that, ask the question, when I'm in those bathroom stall moments, do I surrender or do I really, like, you know, where, how do I manage that? And I think bathroom stall moments can translate as well to the ugly cry in the shower. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, most, oh, most definitely, yeah. And or it could be, um, it could be like something like in the car, like something, it could be any moment where you're alone, you're in the car, you're in the shower, you're in the bathroom stall and, um, yeah, and you just feel like, you're completely alone and completely isolated. And if that's you or if you have those experiences, I want you to know that there's something there's something so rich that's going to emerge from that moment. I would say you can do both the push and the pull. I would say originally just surrender. Initially just surrender to it. Go there. Let it come out because it's not going to do you any good holding it all in, being pent up with grief and anger and disappointment and frustration and all of those challenging feeling states. Let yourself go there because when you surrender, you can then pull yourself back together in a much more holistic, cohesive way and take some really inspired action. But until you, if you just keep trying to hold it in and you, you know, hold that jaw tight, you don't breathe and you try to push through, the action that you're going to take is going to be taken from that place of fear and ego and um, and it's going to be, and people on the other end, on the receiving end of that are going to feel it and you're not going to be as magnetic compared to if you just let yourself fall apart and then you pull yourself back together again and you you take steps that that feel really aligned with what you want and by ultimately you become more responsive rather than reactive as long as that pain is inside of you you are going to be going through life most probably quite reactive and people aren't really drawn to that it's not it's not something that it's not something that helps you call in what it is that you want in your life. So fall apart, please fall apart, and you'll be yeah. much better place to bring yourself, much better position to bring yourself back together again. Absolutely. And now, can we have a, a little chat about the elements that you feel you need to zone in on for women to really be their own personal powerhouse? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So. A few weeks ago, um, and I, 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 love, I love things. I'm all for the slow burn in life. I like things that do move slow and gradually reveal themselves, but I've had a lot of slow burn in my life. So recently I had something come through very quickly and I was really grateful for it um, 
because it was a nice form of punctuation to all the slow burn. And I sat down and I was like, right, if I, in stepping into being a personal mentor and a confidant to women, if I had to say to women, all right, these are the five things, without minimising the work at all or saying, like, just do these five things and then it'll be your own personal yeah. powerhouse. You'll be, you know. Off you go. <laughs> off you go. Meaning <laughs> is life. <laughs> uh, I just thought, right, if I, if I had to extract, extract it all down to these five things, what would I say? I was like, oh, and I channeled them. I channeled them in um, in two afternoons um, over about two hours and the words just came out and the concepts flowed freely and I was so, so grateful for it and I thought this is it. This is the culmination. It happened quickly because there was eight years, no, not eight years, 20 years, <laughs> uh, minimising how long I've been doing. <laughs> There's 20 years behind me ever since I, um, you know, I, I graduated, you know, ever since, ever since I became all a- of the work, it's all the work, all the work. Well, it's like, you know, it's like the old overnight success. People go, oh, they're an overnight success, not really taking into consideration everything that has led them to that point has been the work. Yeah. Yep. And I went, right. I sat down and I was like, if you want your personal life, to feel rich and satisfying, these are the five things that you need. The first thing that you need is somatic awareness. So somatic awareness is coming into your body. I mention your body first because without really knowing your body or knowing how to come into it or to um, or to move it in different ways, we tend to keep repeating the same patterns from that from that survival mode or from one of those primal brain fear responses so so know your body first know how to breathe into it know how to move into it know how to touch it know how to make sound with it and know how to be silent with your body as well and then you've got a really good you know you can see the scaffolding start to you know start to be built and start to emerge the second thing I was like okay what what do women need to know next okay the second thing you need to know is you need to know, need to be able to summon your secret self you need to be able to look at all those parts that Carly and I talked about at the beginning of the podcast to really to really identify them and to pull them out and to look at them even if you're unhappy about them even if you feel disgust when you look at them, even if you feel disappointment, even if you feel some of those other things that we've mentioned today. So to pull out all of your other identities and to know that you are not just a mum, you are not just a really good employee, you are not just a dutiful wife or whatever whatever hats or boxes or, or compartments you go by. You are so much more beautifully complex than that and that you have secret desires and fantasies that go well beyond um, what it is that you project out there and that that's okay you don't have to share them with anyone but you do have to know them you do have to know that they're there I think in order to um, navigate your life in um, in a way that's really uh, really broad and really really fulfilling I love I love that you've called it your secret self because I've heard a term um, 
that gets used and it's you know your shadow side and I think that's a great term as well and they might not be exactly the same thing but I think even telling someone to get comfortable with their shadow side automatically bears this like vision of like oh, it's dark yeah. it's bad whereas secret self it's like your private self what you, yeah. what you keep what you keep for yourself and again yeah. this builds self-worth because you have things that are just for you yes yes exactly thing pieces mm. that are just for you and Something when I was um, when I was working as a sex therapist, a lot of what women shared with me was around having these um, having these fantasies and not knowing how to reconcile that with their private life. And I was like, well, it's safe for you to have those fantasies. You can have them on your own. You don't have to bring them into the bedroom with someone else. And I really, I really appreciate what you highlighted about the shadow side because what I don't like about shadow about talking about shadow work is it immediately puts our mind into we are light and we are dark we are these two like we are good or we are bad good or bad like and and there's so much richness in shadow work I, I really really value it and place it really highly but the language I think it's not just it's about yes it's about exploring those shadows but using the terminology just makes it more enticing and more motivating to find out about our secret selves because that's why we do personal growth work that's the motivation we want to find out about oh like if they've got this confidence is there something inside of me where I another layer another layer so secret self felt really good for me and it didn't feel like it was falling into that dichotomy of good, bad, light, shade, but, dot, 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 like dichotomies we need to be very careful with. It's either this or it's that um, because we miss. binary Yeah, yeah. We miss so much texture and so many nuances as well and that's, they're my favourite things about life is those nuances and those those little aspects and that are actually quite powerful. Mm. Yes, and our words carry a vibration. So. Mm you know, we don't need to go off a tangent completely, but I think that, you know, it is important that we're comfortable with the words that we're using and it's appealing and it speaks to us. And I think secret self is just such a nice terminology. Yeah. Yeah. It really, when that, and I, and I, I'm a sucker for alliteration and it was like, Oh, same. I love it. I love it. And the third, it was like, but when it landed in, I was like, Oh, the second phase is summon your secret self. And I was like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I really like that. And I was like, okay, because without summoning your secret self, none of the other stuff is going to flow. It's not going to make sense. So we, mm. once you know your secret self, then you can move into self-intimacy. Then you can connect with yourself, and I call that cultivate connection. So you cultivate connection with yourself in a really deep way because you've, you've um, navigated and you've sourced those secret identities within yourself. You can't connect with yourself if you don't know what's inside of you or you're not willing to look at what's inside of you. Everything's going to be um, a little bit, it's going to be a little bit scatty connection to yourself if you haven't, if you haven't looked in the mirror and gone, Whew, this is what I believe, this is what I fantasise about, this is what I desire, this is what I want, this is what I want to take. This is what I want to give. This is how I want to serve. Oh, just all of those, all of those aspects of life, um, and the self intimacy piece. Self intimacy is really is a term that's really come through for me on the note of words because 
I feel like self-love and self-care have just received so much um so much attention for good for very noble good reasons but those terms can feel so far away or they can even self-care can feel a bit empty like like self-care having a bath like shouldn't having a bath just be like yes I I I can remember a woman saying to me that their self-care was getting a haircut I was like no 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 like that's just part of life like we go to the doctors we get a haircut Getting an eyebrow wax, getting your haircut, that's not actually really what I think self-care encompasses. Yes, yeah. And so the the term that came through for me was self-intimacy. It was a closeness and a bonding and a warmth with yourself. And that can look like so many things, but it's it definitely, I think it definitely distinguishes itself from from um, some of the ideology around self-care and self-love. And it can, and it's a beautiful term because you can feel self-intimate without feeling like you can look in the mirror and go, I love myself. Like that just might be too, that might be too far away from you right now. It's like, okay, I don't feel like I love myself right now or in this moment just to be very present, but can I just show myself some closeness? Can I show myself some warmth? Like warmth is a really nice way of, because love is quite hot, but warmth is really tangible and accessible for most of us. Absolutely. And again, coming back to our words, holding a vibration. So, so good. Mm, mm. And as, as I sat down, I was like, okay, what are the two final phases? I was like, oh, flow. Flow has got to be in there. Flow state. <laughs> Flow states, I was like, flow states are just such a blessing. And if you're going, what, like, I am not in flow. My life doesn't flow. My life, my life feels clunky. Let me assure you, you have felt flow states, but you probably just haven't identified them as flow states. So I started investigating and researching flow states a lot more and working out what some of the elements of flow states are. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, oh, I've definitely been in flow states before and I can definitely drop back into flow states. And flow states are essentially something that give you a sense of enjoyment, a sense of purpose, but it needs to have a slight bit of challenge. Um, The reason why they say that there needs to be a slight challenge in flow states is that if you're not challenged, then you're not, it's not going to hit those dopamine receptors in your brain. It's not going to keep that motivational center going because you'd be like, this is easy. This is so easy. I don't need to think. I don't need to be engaged with it. I can be thinking about something else differently and doing the thing. So in flow states, you feel a lot of enjoyment and a lot of engagement. And a piece that I really took away from a book that I read called Flow, um, which is a little bit old now, but all the principles still stand, um, is that people think that when they go home and relax, that they're going to go into flow states. But he found in his research that people are really good at going into flow states when they're working, but they don't, they think that it's not as enjoyable as something that they're going to do at home, like when they flop down on the couch or um, when they, um, when they do something around the house. And the reason is it doesn't have the same goals attached it doesn't have the same and we don't have the same boundaries and parameters around it it doesn't have the same sense of challenge so even though people think that I'm going to go into flow 
when I'm not working, it was fascinating. People are more likely to go into flow when they're working or doing something that feels like it has a lot of purpose for them. And that could be, mm. that could be drawing, that could be writing, that could be going into the garden, it could be cooking, it could be being in conversation, like a deep conversation with someone as well. And you lose track of time and you are just so in the moment and flow states fit to me feel like such a wonderful antidote and they're necessary for sex as well and being in the bedroom and it just feels like there's such a wonderful antidote to loneliness and feeling disconnected and perfectionism because you can't be driving yourself hard for perfection and be in flow state. If you're driving yourself that hard, you've probably dropped out of flow and, yeah, yeah. I'm sat here just nodding like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so important. And I think such a great thing to highlight, Lauren, as you said, it's enjoyment and engagement. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, flow state. Yes, it can be relaxing to just be laid out in the sun, but that's not really flow state. That's relaxing. Yeah, that's relaxing. Yes, there needs to be a point. And and yeah, and you could be engaged with something in your mind. You could be following a trail, a trail of thoughts, but it usually has a degree of action, of action to it. So if you wanted to take that relaxing in the sun, following a train of thoughts in your mind, and put it somewhere, then start to put it onto paper so that you can get the action and you can mm. channel it somehow. And that's where I, you know, this year being I'll own it I've been on my phone so much this year and um, we don't go into flow states on our phone unless we're potentially typing something out or writing something out if we're just sitting there absorbing and taking in we're probably not in we're not in flow basically so so try to minimize (laughs) try to be cautious about your about your phone time and putting it making it more purposeful if you're going to be on your phone so I'm trying to get every time I get on there I'm trying to contribute I'm trying to um to reach out to to be doing my work in a way rather than just sitting there and numbing out or checking out Mm. And um, it's so so habitual, isn't it? The old oh, yeah, so habitual. Um, and the fifth thing that came through was magnetism, like being your own magnetic maestra. And I was just like, yeah, like magnetism is is the thing to being powerful in your own personal life. It's it's we might know magnetism in other ways. We might know it through um, through our work or or just or getting what we want in other ways but being magnetic in your own life takes a unique set of conditions and um and really is about getting comfortable with receiving on a whole nother level being comfortable with receiving attention with receiving acknowledgements with receiving praise with receiving gifts that run deep like not just the empty platitudes we mentioned earlier but really getting comfortable receiving in every definition of the word and showing up in a way that is um that is truly aligned that is that is unencumbered that is that has an intention but isn't holding on to something with an iron grip and saying 
when I show up in this way, like you said before, from the ego, like I've shown up on Instagram from the ego and I'm really, really, I really think I've curbed a, a lot of it. Like that my, I'm, I will obviously slip off as a human every now and again. But for me, being magnetic is going I'm so clear on my intention for why I'm showing up now. And I'm happy to be vulnerable, but I'm also going to be selective about how I'm vulnerable and to make sure I'm putting that, channeling that in a really healthy way and not expecting um, people that essentially don't really, really know me um, to hold to hold me in that way. So being magnetic is about like owning your shit essentially, mm-hmm. and being being really comfortable with um, receiving on a whole other level. That's what I was thinking when you were speaking about magnetism, Lauren. Was to me when I think of magnetism, it is dropping into the responsibility of what you're calling in. It's yes like you, you are yes. magnetic and again yes. I was having this conversation recently and I don't think it's appropriate to share it here but maybe maybe offline but um I was speaking about a situation in particular where I was like holy moly what is going on with what I'm putting out there because what I'm calling in is just no good for me oh. and it's that responsibility of going okay I am magnetic but looking at it as a responsible thing like what am I calling in so I love that I think it's really really important that you've got that included in the personal in the elements to zone in on when it comes to being your own personal powerhouse take responsibility for your magnetism because it's powerful yes it's incredibly it's incredibly powerful and other women are looking to you for to to be in their own magnetism as well so uh so treat it with so much responsibility and and be selective about the ways that you exude and don't exude all of your magnetism into one place like that's a risk as well like spread spread your magnetism out without without burning it out just just spread it evenly so that you've still got some in reserve for um, the people that are in your home so that you've still got some in reserve for your neighbours, so that you've still got some in reserve for, um, you know, for the people that really matter to you and and um, and how you show up for them. Don't, um, because I work with women that are really, really immersed in their work, don't just put all of your magnetism into your work or into your, into your purpose or into your passion. Make sure you've still got some for um, the people that are there. They're standing by you in the bathroom sore moments in life. I love it. I think that we have really covered so much in this conversation. Mm. And there are so many actions that women can take as well. You know, like I think that, yes, give it all some thought, but there's actions amongst this conversation that they can go and take as well. Um, where can women connect with you? Where's the best way for them to reach out to you? The best way to reach out to me is through my website. So I'm at laurenwhite.com.au and there you can find all of my all of my offers, all of my blogs, um, any podcasts I've been on, like Podcasts with Kylie, and you can get a real sense of who I am and how I can help you if you've struggled with, with some of the concerns and issues that we've brought up today. And the second best place to find me is definitely Instagram, where my handle is Lauren White AU. I love that. And speaking of getting to know you, before you run away, can I hit you with a couple of quick rapid fire questions? <gasps> yes, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, was like, I, can't, I can't remember what I asked you last time. It's all a blur. That was like over nine, I think eight months ago now. Um, 
anyway, we'll just we'll just hit the ground running. So forgive me if I've already asked you one, but feel free to mix it up. Um, so one thing I would love to know from you, Lauren, is who is a mentor that you turn towards, whether it's someone in real life or just someone online or an author or anything like that? Oh, yes, I love this. I'll speak to the present moment. Um, my men- I actually have... I'll speak to two mentors that I have. Uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like it's best to talk to r- real-life women. I have two mentors at the moment. One is the incredible Susie Ashworth, who is just magnetic, personified. She talks about abundance. She talks about wealth. She talks about freedom. And I'm in her year-long program at the moment. So definitely give her a follow if you want to know more about those concepts. Uh, the second, uh, the second mentor I have is the incredible Alyssa Martin, who's a copywriter, and she has she uh, saw me in a bathroom saw moment in 2017 and offered to help me free of charge um, back then when I was struggling and has since been alongside me to write all of my offers and absolutely gets my work and gets me and I love her fiercely for it (laughs) that sounds amazing yeah I'll definitely have to check them both out um and again magnetism that's what you were calling in girlfriend that's what you needed (laughs) now what is one daily habit that you have that brings you joy Mm. every day of my life I'm connecting Mm. with women in some way because it brings me so much joy I can't think I have no recollection of a day where I haven't connected with a woman um, either I'm working with or secret society, or connecting with secret society or um, a friend or, yeah, I just I have to connect with another woman every day in some way over a message or something um, because it keeps me level and it keeps me sane. Love that. Now, could you think of an unexpected gift that parenting has brought you? Mm. Yes, uh, it's given me the gift of looking in the mirror and really checking with if this is who I, this is who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. And the word that just came through was legacy. I am so fucking driven oh, to leave a legacy. Yes. I am so intensely driven. I only need to think of my girls and. And to ride this out, you know, because I've had definitely had my severe bumps in the road, uh, which I'm now curbing, <laughs> I hope, flattening out. Um, but there'll be more bumps in the road. They'll come up. I cannot wait to sit there when they're, you know, thinking about their career choices and to say to them, you don't have to go to university. There's nothing that you have to do if you have a soul's yearning to um, do something that no one understands, just fucking go for it because that's what I did. No one understood sexology. No one understood being a sex therapist. No one under- and few people understand now being a confidant, but it's like I'm driven to tell people what that is and so people can connect with it. So I want to leave a legacy for my girls. And you are. You're a paradigm. <laughs> you are. You're doing it. Um, now, what was the last movie or TV show that you watched? Oh, I just finished Away with Hilary Swank and I loved it. Um, I loved it because my husband is um, is uh, 
a space geek basically he's a space cadet he works um with space. Oh, like actually actual space um it's it's a total venn diagram of personal and professional crossover for him <laughs> of space he's just obsessed we're both gemini moons and we're very driven with our works so that's one of the reasons why we connect so well but but we watched away and we watched it together and it just meant a lot to me to be watching something about space and it had a good element of the personal which I always need for a storyline and I just yeah I really liked it (laughs) now that's the movie where she goes into space and she has a family as well right yes yeah it's a I thought it was a movie but it's a series and she's she's the the commander of a mission to Mars and oh, I thought it was a movie as well. No, 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 it's a show, and I'm glad it's a show because that meant that they could go in, they could go to those other depths of the challenges um, on every level of doing that. So give it a watch if you're interested in a strong, strong female lead. Incredible and space. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, next question: If and I know that we're not going anywhere at the moment, but if you were going somewhere, if you were going on a really long haul flight. And you could pick anyone, Lauren, anyone in the whole wide world, dead or alive, to be sat next to. Who would you choose? Oh. Someone to spend like 12 hours next to. Yeah. I would um, <laughs> I would definitely choose. I would choose um, Sylvia Plath, actually. <laughs> I love her. So if anyone doesn't know who Sylvia Plath is, she's a writer. She wrote The Bell Jar, prolific poet, ended her own life tragically at 32, um, was a very deep, deep thinker. And um, I called her in when I was writing my book, Permission, um, and, um, and I just adore her and would love to pick her brain about all of her experiences and um, and her experiences as, experiences as a woman through the 30s, 40s and 50s. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's who I choose, Sylvia I Plath. I named, my daughter after, I named one of my daughters after her. <laughs> so oh, big, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now, sticking in line with the holiday theme, going somewhere, where would be your ultimate holiday destination Perhaps it's somewhere that you've already been or just somewhere that you would love to visit. Mm. Um, I'm going to rattle off a few, a few places. I want to go back to Iceland, hardcore, want to go back to Iceland. I've been, but it is the most magnetic place I've ever been to on Earth. It is it is. It is geographically magnetic. You land on that earth and you don't want to leave. It's like pull. it pulls you in like nowhere I've ever been. So I'd love to go back. I'd love to go to Tasmania, Japan. I'd love to go to Japan. Um, and I'd love to go to my mentor's retreat in Valencia in Spain next year, but I don't know that that's going to happen <laughs> in July. So if not, then I'll show up virtually. But, um, yeah, those would definitely be my top places that I'm – keen as to go to right now amazing and a totally different topic but what would you say is your favorite meal (laughs) (laughs) um my favorite meal is um anything with seafood like anything with with lobster or prawns or scallops like I just, I just like seafood actually turn, it turns me on for starters, um, but it actually releases serotonin. Like I, I eat seafood and I feel incredibly happy and buoyant. So anything that's 
anything that's um, anything that's really flavoursome, um, like Japanese food um, and seafood, just has two thumbs up. It takes me to my happy place immediately. So if, the, if you want to ever want to take me out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to seafood. <laughs> Let's go seafood. Yeah, when people say I hate seafood, food to me, <laughs> my, like, my heart like crumbles, and people say I hate seafood. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> you like mentally use your magnetism to push them the hell away. <laughs> and last but not least, what are some words that you live by? Mm. Alignment, ownership, sovereignty, accountability. Clarity. Abundance. Abundance. <laughs> Keep going. What is it? Um, abundance, uh, magnetism, flow. Some of the things I mentioned today, like they are a body, like coming back into a body. All of that dance, like dance is a word, dance is a concept. Uh, all of those are just, if I lose sight of them, then I become a shell of my potential. So I come back to them again and again and again, and they're not going anywhere. I think they're always going to be there for me. And hopefully they're always there for everyone listening as well. Part of your legacy. Yeah. Well, Lauren, it's been amazing to chat with you again. I'm so excited to share this episode with our community. I will make sure I pop all of those details in the show notes. Um, so that women can definitely submit an application to the secret society should they feel called to do so. Yes. And just follow you online because you are a breath of fresh air to have in the feed. Thanks, Kylie. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for holding this space. It's absolutely incredible and such a joy to show up to. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.